Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Non-Sequitur Nerds. As always, I am Tim, joined by Ian. How's it going today, Ian? Hey, Tim, going pretty good. Uh, it's a nice sunny day here where I live. Uh, so, yeah, it, kinda, it's really nice chill, looking but... out today. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 better than than what it usually is in this time of year where it's gloomy and gray. But uh, right. you know, it's it's really nice day. It's uh, sunny, uh, and roughly about fifty degrees outside, so uh, pretty good. Hey, I was gonna say, yeah, for uh, those of you that don't know, for uh, where Ian and I live, this time of the year being upper fifties, low sixties, like it's supposed to be this week, is that's that's nice. That's nice for this time of year for us. Yeah, I think I saw the. I think I saw on Facebook uh, memories. Uh, you know, a few years ago, there was like a blizzard at this time. Oh yeah. So uh, you know, I'll I'll take uh, I'll take this kind of weather. Although that probably means it's going to be a pretty brutal summer. Oh yeah. It usually is. Wasn't, because wasn't that blizzard? Uh, wasn't that blizzard this time of year the one where like we had almost no snow at all at the winter, and then like right at the tail end, it goes. Oh yeah, I forgot this. Yeah, if I if I remember correctly, we were everyone's just kind of like. Oh, cool! You know, not uh, you know, it's it's been a pretty mild winter. Oh my God, what happened? <laughs> well, that's how it was up here for me last year. Uh, you know, I, I it was the first winter in the new house, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to be a responsible homeowner, and I'm going to buy a snowblower. I used it once last year. I've had to use it once this year. <laughs> you know, I, I every year I tell myself at the beginning of winter, I'm like. I really need to get a snowblower <laughs> and then i don't and then most of the winter happens and no don't oh and then we just get dumped on right. and then i'm outside shoveling my driveway <laughs> and the sidewalk for an hour and a half cursing every second going why didn't i buy that damn snowblower <laughs> like i mean even though i've only got to use it two maybe three times thinking about it it has already paid for itself i mean just the ease of being able just to you know 20 minutes be all right cool i'm done and, you know, don't have to take 800 different kinds of uh, aspirin for my back or whatever. It's, it's like, yep, this this is uh, paid for itself. Correct. And how your heart has not exploded yet after all that aspirin, <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, uh, so we have started this episode with a non-sequitur. So We're off to a good uh, start. Today, yes, today's topic is actually going to be movies. Yep. Uh Movies, uh, some of our favorites, just talking about, you know, our favorite movies, some of the franchises we've seen, and uh, some of our guilty pleasure movies. Oh, yeah. Everybody has them. You know that you do. If you try to tell me that you don't, I'll call you a damn liar. <laughs> it's true. He will. I can vouch. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, so. I say, do you want to start off with a um, recent movie that you and I have actually both seen? Yeah, sure. Are we uh, going to talk we... Monster Hunter? We will talk Monster Hunter. So, um, Monster Hunter is a, uh, a, a movie based upon the Capcom video game of uh, critical acclaim. Uh, the video game, not the movie. Um, we uh, we j actually just recently watched this uh, uh, two days ago. Uh, well, me, I watched it. Uh, well, actually, I guess it was yesterday. Uh, we both watched it yesterday. So, yep. um, well, as of Monster the time Hunter recording, anyway. Correct. So, Monster Hunter uh, stars. Uh, Mia Jovovich, uh, written and directed and adapted for the screen by her husband, Paul W.S. Anderson. Um, you probably know both of them from the Resident Evil franchise. Uh, basically did the same thing. Um, Has she done, like, a mainline movie that wasn't directed by him? Because, like, I mean, I know her best from Resident Evil. Uh, she was Lilu Dallas Multipass oh, in yeah, 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 uh, The Fifth yeah. Element. That's right, that's right. I had, like, that completely escaped my mind. I don't, I feel bad for that one, because that's a great movie. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, and that, I mean, that's, 
we can kind of segue back into that. That's one of my guilty pleasure movies, and I think it would be have have been an infinitely better movie had they not had Chris Tucker's character in it. <laughs> I mean, um, he, he was he was the the Jar Jar Banks of that film. He really was, but he added nothing and just did and was nothing but a, a detraction from that movie. I think had he not been in it, it would have been a perfectly acceptable movie. <laughs> anyway, all right. So, Monster Hunter. Yeah. Um, you know, it's. I went into that movie understanding that it was a Paul W.S. Anderson movie, expecting it to be a Paul W.S. Anderson movie. And I was pleasantly uh, gratified with the fact that it, it was, in fact, a Paul W.S. Anderson movie. <laughs> See, I, it, I, I had a very similar uh, mindset on it. I'm like, okay, it's a video game-based movie. They kind of have a track record and a stigma about them. So I went into it thinking, okay, it's just going to be another one of those you know, dumb movies that I might watch once and never again. And I, I, honestly, I, I enjoyed it. I, you know, yeah, I, I didn't realize it was Paul W.S. Anderson at first, but like I went into it, I enjoyed it. I got exactly what I wanted out of it, which was, you know, big, fearsome, ferocious monster beasts being hunted, oversized weapons, you know, anime style action. And I, I got what I wanted out of it. And I, you know, I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I, I'm basically kind of the same way as you on that. I I I got what I was expecting. Right. I was not I was not expecting Lord of the Rings or <laughs> you know Star Wars, uh, the original uh, trilogy. Uh, <laughs> We've already talked about that. <laughs> yes, uh, the I wasn't going into it expecting like you know the next Martin Scorsese uh, movie, but um, it's, it's no it, it was enjoyable. Game. Right. It was enjoyable. I liked the, you know, I liked the nod to the different weapons, the design of the the main hunter who looks like the hunter from Monster Hunter World. And, and I just got to say that the, the actor that played him, like he yeah. is a delight. Like, yeah, Tony, is, Tony Ja, Tony I think ja. is his name. Yep. He is like he, his facial expressions alone. Like he is so emotive. And like one of the, the key things about the movie is there's that language barrier between, uh, him and Mia Jovovich's character, uh, Captain Artemis, there's a language barrier because, you know, she's from our world, he's from the world of Monster Hunter, so they, they don't speak the same language. But just, like, his reactions to the things she does and his facial expressions, that, like, that was one of my, my favorite parts of the film. Yeah, uh, yeah, I would agree. I, I think for me, and then and then uh, there's the, the legendary Ron Perlman yeah. uh, in it, uh, playing the Admiral uh, with the giant, wild uh, Super <laughs> Saiyan hair. I was going to say, uh, his, his hairpiece was a thing, all right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it may have been sentient. Um, <laughs> I think so. It's, it's the real but, final boss of the movie. Yeah, I, I think for <laughs> me, for me... There was a couple of things about the movie that didn't that didn't jive. Mm -hmm. I I enjoyed the action. I enjoyed oh, yeah. the CG for the monsters. I thought the monster design looked very good. Yeah, I mean it was like you you could instantly. It wasn't one of those movies where they they changed the design to like modernize it or you know to make it fit the movie theme better. Like you could look at if you've played the Monster Hunter games, you could look at those things and go, oh, that's a Diablos, that's a Rathalos. Like you knew what it was. I mean it was it was pretty faithful as far as the looks go like i will definitely give it that yeah looks go size wise i'm not 100 percent sold on that because yeah, i feel I like the, the i feel like the was way too big well i feel like the raffalos also kept changing size throughout <laughs> like it seemed to get bigger or smaller to fit it to fit its context so 
I don't really know. Um, so that was another thing that that bugged me. But there there was a couple of things that I didn't think think jived with the movie. Okay, what do you got? One one is the soundtrack. They kind of went for like this EDM kind of I don't know like dark techno type thing. Mm-hmm. I I just didn't feel like that fit the universe of the world. It, like like the... it should have been more like orchestral music. Yeah, I mean it yep, was. I agree. It was, I agree on that one. It was really kind of. Um, it honestly reminded me of the soundtrack to uh, Tron Legacy, the Daft Punk soundtrack, where it was, you know, the the more the Red darker Daft scenes Punk. where it, yeah, the the darker scenes where it was just kind of you know brooding and, right. and and really you know really bass and beat heavy, and, and it was like that. This doesn't feel right. It, it was a stereotypical action movies kind of soundtrack. Yeah, yep. but it, it didn't fit the... And, and while the movie itself is kind of a stereotypical action movie yeah. with monsters, it, it just didn't fit the the scenes and the scenarios. Oh, um, okay, I'll agree with that one. The other thing that I thought kind of... that I felt detracted from the the movie a little bit was mm-hmm. um, Artemis's team at the beginning. Yeah, like, it, it almost her... seemed like they, they, they built them up to be like... They were going to be important, and then none of them survived after fifteen minutes. Yeah, like I mean, like the, like they they served absolutely no vehicle. Like Link, uh, the sniper scout. Like yeah. I think he had the most lines and lived the longest out of all of them, but still, still really. Spoilers, yeah, it, by the way, if you haven't seen the movie. Uh... I mean, it just didn't serve any real functional purpose. Yeah. Like none of them did. They were just. They they had lines. They had an appearance. I, I mean, they were so interchangeable that it didn't really matter who played the part. They were, I mean, they were there and gone. See now, now my my one complaint about the movie, and it, it kind of ties into that, is the whole you know person from our world going into their world and living through that. Like, I think the movie could have done better if it was just set in the world of Monster Hunter and you were following, you know, like Tony Jaw's character or, you know, a new hunter or something. I think it could have done better if, uh, well, yeah, going off of that, if it was like a brand new hunter, like this is their first time hunting and they get thrown into, oh, well, you know, there's this, you know, they still could have kept the same basic story of there's this weird tower that has energy that's opening up portals to blah, 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 and just leave out the going to or from other worlds and have this brand new hunter be the one, you know, that saves everything. The, the... Honestly, if they really wanted to do anything, they mm-hmm. could have just adapted, they could just ad- adapt the initial story from Monster Hunter World. Yeah, they, they easily could have. Um, like, I mean, and I, I get it. The You know, Captain Artem's character, she was supposed to be the, the stereotypical voice of the audience. She's the one that's grounded in realism, you know, who's trying to understand what's going on and all this. But I don't think this was the kind of movie that needed that. I mean, I, I liked Mila, Mia, Jovovich, yeah, Mia Jovovich in this film. Um, I mean, she does when, when she's in these kind of movies, she does a phenomenal job. But I don't think we needed, you know, the real world, you know, voice of the audience, per se, in this film to make it make any sense. Because, I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, it's a film about people who hunt giant monsters. We've had those for decades now, we don't need an everyman in this kind of film. I don't think I mean. It didn't ruin the film for me. I just felt that it was maybe kind of shoehorned in. I mean, along with the rest of her squad that, again, like you said, didn't do anything, didn't serve any purpose. 
But right, but I mean, uh, I'll I'll add a counterpoint though to the mm-hmm. the voice of reason and the voice the voice of the audience type thing. Mm-hmm. She never once questions the fact that she's in another world or that there are giant monsters. Like that, she's basically like, "Oh shit!" She's like, "Oh crap!" There's a giant spider. I'm gonna shoot it. Right. Which I was gonna say, like that scene for anybody with arachnophobia, that scene's you know going all the way up until uh, her sniper buddy dies. Uh, which I'll let you guys watch that scene. Anybody with arachnophobia, just avoid the first half hour of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was, yeah. I mean, like, I, I will say, like, that first bit of the movie, it, it came off a lot darker than what I was anticipating it would. It's like, based off the trailers and based off the game, it came off a lot darker. But then it changed tone very quickly. But, I, yeah, right. all, all in all, I liked it. I liked it. I'd watch it again. Yeah, and, you know, I, I rented it on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Um, I paid five dollars for it. I'm satisfied. So you got I, your five I felt bucks like out of it. I got my felt. I got my five bucks out of it. See, and then, so and, and me, I, you know, I went ahead and just bought it on on uh, Blu-ray. Um, well, a four a four K Blu-ray because I don't have a whole lot of those. I've got a four K TV, and it's like you know what? I I want to I want to be able to watch this as you know as high definition as I can because my internet doesn't always allow me to stream in four K. <laughs> but uh, but. Uh, you know, so I, I paid full retail price for it, and absolutely, I'd watch it again. Yeah. So, yeah, so. But, but moving on, moving on from a recent movie, what are, what are some of your favorite films, Ian? I mean, I know obviously you're a fan of Star Wars, but beyond that, what what are some of the things you like? Well, if I want to stick to the the more um, guilty pleasure type movies, all right. Uh, I'm of the kind of, and you can ask some of my friends from college for this. I, I'm the type of person that on a Saturday I'll throw on like sci-fi channel and do housework while they play like they while they just marathon their really crappy b c <laughs> level movies oh they're they're, 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 they're direct to tv movies yeah i mean they're worth a chuckle that's that's what they are they may they, they're go. worth a chuckle um so you know i i enjoy those kind of those kind of romps and those schlocks and things like that i also grew up a big fan of like mystery science theater and yep. riff tracks and that kind of stuff so you know, watching those movies, I just make my own commentary in my head, <laughs> or sometimes out loud. I'm I, I'm known for talking to myself while I'm alone. So, <laughs> uh, but you know, th- those are some of my some of my guilty pleasure movies. We mentioned earlier, uh, you know, The Fifth Element, which I think yep. was again a really, it was an opera. It was a great premise, and I felt the execution from everybody except for Chris Tucker was yeah. good. Okay, okay. Had he not been in that movie, I think the movie would have gotten much more acclaim than it than it did. And again, that was that was Mia Jovovich in one of her earlier roles, yeah. um, earlier earliest roles. Um, so I mean, she was, uh, yeah. I think it looks like the first movie that she was in was uh, called Two Moon Junction. Never heard of it before, but no, never um, heard of that one. Anyway, uh, so the. Some of my other movies are actually uh, Paul Verhoeven uh, flicks. So we talked about this, uh, you and I personally, uh, earlier this week, RoboCop, the original RoboCop movies. (laughs) Uh, Although Paul Verhoeven was only involved, I believe, in the first two, or maybe even the first one. Right. Um, But RoboCop is uh, Peter Weller, um, Kirkwood Smith as as one of the bad guys, uh, Miguel Ferrer (laughs) as the the executive. I, I, um, I can't not watch RoboCop one and imagine him threatening to put his foot up someone's ass just because of that '70s show, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> or you know, I mean, 
Yeah, it's it's such a, a it's such a fun, you know, fun action romp. Um, I mean, again, well, you talk it's about so campy too. It's it's so campy that it makes it good. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. But um, you know, RoboCop, and then another Paul Verhoeven movie, which I find a, a guilty pleasure, is Starship Troopers. Yeah, um, I think that's one for a lot of people. I think. Yeah, because I mean, it was it was it's so bad, but it's so. <laughs> It's not actually even bad. Like I, I enjoy it. Like I think it's a fun. It's a fun movie. I, you know. Is, is it one of those that's so bad it's good? It's just yeah, I think around. so. Yeah, I think so. You know, some <laughs> of the casting, some of the casting decisions are are questionable. Like, uh, you know, Rico, because uh, you know, Starship Troopers is based based on a book. Right. Um, Robert Heinlein, I believe, is the the author. Uh, it's based on a book, um, same kind of premise and, and setting and whatnot, but, um, you know, the, there's some things that they change, like the troopers themselves actually wear power armor in the, uh, in the book, um, rather than just being, you know, regular grunts wearing very loose body armor. Right. Um, uh, and then, you know, Rico is actually Hispanic, you know, from <laughs> Buenos Aires and, and, uh, you know, actually Hispanic instead of being, uh, Casper Van Dien, who's whiter than sour cream. <laughs> right. Um, and then, of course, Michael Ironside is in it, which uh, he is a treat in pretty much anything that he is in. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, of course, you get the, the classic Vol- uh, Paul Verhoeven uh, co-ed shower scene that's in damn near every <laughs> movie that he produces. Right. So, um, yeah, those are a couple of the guilty ple- my guilty pleasure flicks off the top of my head. Okay. How about yourself? For for me, and I know I'm going to catch a lot of flack for this, like, Guilty Pleasure film, probably, like, the one that, if it's on, I will watch it every time. Nicolas Cage's Ghost Rider. But admittedly, like, I am a fan of Nick Cage. Like, I would love to just sit down with him and go, do you know most of your movies are bad? And, like, I think that's why I, I enjoy him so much, because I'm like, okay, what won't he do next in these movies? Like, I, I think he's... I feel like he's at this point very self-aware, right? About a lot of his stuff. I mean, oh, he'd have to be at this point. Yeah, I mean, look at. I mean, he's he's hosting uh, Netflix's History of Swear Words, which, uh, admittedly, I do want to see that because I mean that that seems like a really it like. I've seen documentaries first, like that. I just are right up my alley. I've seen the first two or three episodes at uh-huh. this point, and it's it's enjoyable. It's very enjoyable. There we go. Um, Nick Cage does a good job. Uh, also, very you know pokes fun at himself in the, the series so yes there was another one that uh recently came out that, that he was in called willie's wonderland which a lot of people have kind of likened to a a five nights at freddy's live action movie but it's the flip side of that instead of trying to survive it you know he effectively becomes the punisher and just like beats these you know murderous demonic animatronics to a pulp and i'm like i am all for that i want to see some i want to see nick cage beat up something from chuck e cheese <laughs> that's that is right up my alley right there but i mean yeah well, i mean is it does five nights at freddy's is one of those franchises if i remember correctly that absolutely terrifies you well no it, it, that one doesn't like i like i find the concept of it creepy just because like like you know just imagine if you will you're working on a chuck e cheese and the animatronics are like you know, just start moving on their own. I mean, you know, that's, that's a pretty chilling thought to anybody. But, like, I've never played the games because they're not they're not my cup of tea. But I've watched, like, a lot of YouTubers play them. Um, 
like, uh, you know, one of the biggest ones, Markiplier, that was actually my first experience watching him, was watching him play Five Nights at Freddy's, and I'm like, this this is an interesting concept, but it's not for me. Yeah. But I want to see Willy's Wonderland. <laughs> that's fair. Mark, by the way, you can send us the check anytime. <laughs> there we go. We know you're good for it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, but yeah, any Nicolas Cage film is kind of my guilty pleasure, but, but beyond anyone, any other one, Ghost Rider 1. Like, I mean, I know, like, even Ghost Rider 2, if, 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 like, I'm flipping through channels or whatnot, or, like, I'm scrolling through whatever streaming service, and if I see a Nick Cage film, I'll watch it. <laughs> That's fair. Even, even, like I, I said, I, even Ghost Rider 2, I, I will give that one a watch. Yeah, I mean, everybody, again, everybody has their, their guilty pleasure films, everybody's entitled to, to their, to like those movies, unless, of course, you like uh, the Green Lantern movie, in which case, get the hell out. <sighs> Are we gonna go on about that again? <laughs> I just well, I, I just got over the shakes, Ian. Well, I mean, take one, take half of the, the eight hundred aspirin, and then you'll uh, you'll be fine. That mo- that mo- uh, that that movie just. I mean, we're talking movies, so this is topical. Yes. Anybody that knows me knows that I I am a huge Green Lantern fan. I mean, I own multiple Green Lantern rings. I've got rings of all the different Lantern cores, multiples of those. I own like several different, you know, Green Lantern and other Lantern core power batteries. I've got shirts, I've got comics, I've got collectible. I mean, I'm a Green Lantern fan. Yep. So when they announced that movie, I was I was so excited cuz I'm like, you know what? Green Lantern is is getting his movie. This is going to be great. They cast Ryan Reynolds in it, which uh, like at the time, I think that was around like after he started getting big off of uh, Van Wilder and Waiting and a lot of his earlier films. I'm like, you know what? That's going to be an interesting take on Green Lantern. And I figured, okay, you know, they're probably going to make him be, you know, Kyle Rayner or maybe do a different take on Guy Gardner. I'm like, okay, I could see that. Like, oh no, no, he's going to be Hal Jordan. And I'm like, no, wait, wait a second, Hal Jordan. Like, I mean, I know he he can be snarky. But I don't see him as a comedy character. I'm like, okay, all right, this is going to be a, a different take on him. And Ryan Reynolds, to his credit, he did the best he could with what he was given. Unfortunately, he was given a steaming pile of crap. So, I mean, it's the difference between a, you know, a pile of crap on fire on your doorstep or just a pile of crap. Either way, you've got crap to deal with. And then... As the movie went on, I'm like, that's not right, that's not right, that's not right. And I understand. Anybody that's seen a superhero film, they they make changes here and there. You know, they'll change an origin, or they'll change the look of something, or you know, they'll they'll tweak a villain to be slightly different. This pretty much they, they took Green Lantern, they they figured out what the power set was, threw it in and went, uh yeah, let's just make the rest up as we go along. It kind of felt like, uh, and, and admittedly, I have not seen the the movie. I just know you're, how how uh, terrible it is. You're you're, from, you're the lucky from, one. From what I've I've read and what I've seen, it just if what I've seen of it from you know just the clips and things that I've seen online, it it feels like whoever the scriptwriter was had never actually read any of the comic books. They just it kind of felt like they just went went to the the back lot where they keep all the script writers in cages and <laughs> and picked one randomly and said you write me a script about a, a guy with a a magic ring right well i mean like like i mean the you know the main villain parallax they, they completely changed what parallax was and like parallax is very for anybody that's a green lantern fan like the comics parallax is very central you know to the green lantern storyline and they completely changed that um you know, they, they, like, the only thing that they kind of got right 
was Sinestro, who was a Green Lantern, who later, you know, went on to get a Yellow Power Ring and start his own Lantern Corps. They kind of got that right. I mean, Kilowog, okay, they, you know, I, I'll give him props. They did Kilowog good. He's, you know, the gruff drill sergeant. But you can't really mess that up. I mean, it's a pretty cut-and-dry character archetype. Yeah. But just everything else about the film, they just... And the suit. The suit. <laughs> the suit! You didn't the, like the CG animated suit? I mean, like, we, we've seen what they've done in, you know, other superhero films. They could have easily had that be, you know, a, a actual worn costume. Maybe some prosthetics built into it. And it could have been good, but just the CG suit just... <sighs> yeah. <sighs> well, I mean, that kind of that kind of jumps into. I, I feel like that transitions well into DC's treatment of their their cinematic universe. Yeah, um, they, they are so hit or miss on it. There's no consistency. Yeah, because and the consistency, there's no hit or miss on it. They're on. I feel like they really tried to jump. They jumped too quickly into the Avengers bandwagon. Yeah, because they basically went. Batman versus Superman, and then Justice League. Yeah. Like, I mean, they, they should have done more of the individual character pieces. Like, you know, like the Aquaman film. The Aquaman film, I thought, was phenomenal. The first yeah. Wonder, the first Wonder Woman film, also phenomenal. Uh, Shazam, phenomenal. But it seems like anytime they do... Ensemble? It, yeah, anytime they do any kind of ensemble, or even like, a t like Batman versus Superman, you know, a quote-unquote team-up film, anytime there's more than one character in it, it seems like they don't know what to do. Well, with the exception of Wonder Woman 1984. Which, which, uh, which I mean, which was we kind of, you and I kind of talked about that. Like, we both went into it super excited because we both loved Wonder Woman 1. And, you know, we watched it, and we were... <sighs> disappointed is the best thing. Like, we both wanted to really enjoy it, and, what, half an hour into it, we just we just couldn't at that point. I mean, yeah, we finished it. Tim and I got together uh, over Christmas. Uh, Wonder Woman 1984 came out on Christmas. We sat down that night and watched it, and and it, it turned into an it turned into an episode of Mystery Science Theater after half an hour. It, it really did. Or we we were just making comments and and lambasting this movie because it was awful. One of the best parts about that movie was Pedro Pascal playing, you know, crappy dad. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much what he was doing. Yeah, like try hard, try hard, dad is what he did. <laughs> and it, yeah, it was just, it was awful. It, it was just terrible. But it, it, and the, I'm interested to see the Snyder cut for Justice League. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm definitely going to give that a watch one way or the other. I mean, kind of the, the same thought as Monster Hunter. I'm, I'm not going into it expecting you know, a, a, a mind-blowing film, but I am interested to see what his original vision was for that film and see, like, even the trailers they've put out for it make the movie thematically look like a completely different kind of, of film. Right. The only thing is, though, I mean, it's, it's a cut, right? So yeah. they have to take stuff that they've already seen. They haven't shot new footage, as far as I understand. They, they, they did shoot a little bit, from, from what I was reading. Okay. Yep. But I mean, they're not reshooting the entire movie. I no, no, no. Ray Par I think uh, Ray Fisher? Is that yeah, his name? yep. Because uh, Ray Parker was the guy that did the Ghostbusters theme. <laughs> well, uh, I was I, I said Ray Park, which is oh. uh, Darth Maul's. Um, yes. Uh, Darth Maul's uh, body actor. Yep. Um, but yeah, I just. 
I, I, I think it's in the same way. I'm going to go into it. I'm going to give it a chance, but I'm going to go into it understanding that they don't, they can't, there's not much they can change. Right. Other than just maybe some of the timing and the pacing and then some of that added footage that either got, that either was left on the cutting room floor or maybe the, some of the things that they've reshot. But, well, I mean, like the, the movie's what, a four hour film. I don't know, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty close, if not over four hours. So, I mean, that's, that's a lot of because the original film was what like two hours, so I mean we're getting an additional yeah we're getting an additional at least two hours of of unseen footage effectively effectively that they they've gone back they've they finished they've done all the the CG work on of what they needed to do that's gone through post production the whole nine yards, mm-hmm. so I mean effectively we're getting a double length movie of what it was originally intended to be so I mean that's right. that's, that's kind of interesting that they're they're taking the time to do that. I mean, enough fans were clamoring for it that, I mean, they're going to make their money on it. But, yeah, I'm, I'm going to watch it, but I'm going to go into it not expecting anything. Right. I mean, I didn't think Justice League was absolutely terrible, but it wasn't a great movie. I came away from it going, yeah, I'm, I'm disappointed. Yeah. Like, it's, it's one... I can't remember, I, I where, I can't remember where or when I watched it, but I'm pretty sure I never paid for it. <laughs> I, I think I, I I'm trying to remember because like I watched it. I think a, a buddy let me borrow uh, borrow the disc for it, and I watched it. And like I think that's the only I've watched it once. Yeah. And I, I've I've had no desire to go back and watch it again. I mean, I watched it. There's not really much else I can get out of watching it again. But a, yeah. a movie that I can watch, you know, as many times as you know life will allow. My all time favorite film, Ghostbusters. I mean, you, <laughs> yep. you've 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 known me long enough, Ian. You know I'm I'm a little bit of a ghost head. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it, Tim balances his fandoms fairly equally between <laughs> uh, Green Lantern and Ghostbusters. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Ghost, but like, I mean, you can ask. Uh, my sister made the joke that by the time I was four, she could quote the movie back to back. You know, with with that with the audio off. Because as I was when I was a kid, that was like the only thing I would ever watch, and that's still the case. I will still just randomly go, "I'm gonna watch Ghostbusters," just just for the heck of it. Yeah, no, I mean, if it's a if it's a, on TV, I'll watch it. I mean, admittedly, I don't watch a whole lot of TV these days, but right. you know, it's it's one of those things. I enjoyed it a lot. I mm. enjoyed it as a kid. Um, I still enjoy it as an adult. Right. I think- Ian? Well, I'm going to talk about Ghostbusters for the next couple minutes because I think I've lost Ian. Yes? Uh, oh, hey, there you go. All right, I guess I'm not going to talk about Ghostbusters because Ian's back. Well, that was odd because <laughs> there was definitely no service interruption on my side and I was talking. That's weird. Um, and I could hear you the entire time. Anyway, yay, technology. <laughs> One of these days, we may get better for us. There we uh, go. So, yeah, I enjoyed Ghostbusters as a kid. I enjoyed it as an adult. I will go and watch it occasionally. Uh, it's probably about a once-a-year type thing for me. So. Oh, there you go. Uh, and, but, I, and I'm yeah. su- super looking forward to the uh, the new one coming out in November. And I know a lot of people that are fans of the, the you know 80s Ghostbusters, they didn't like the 2016 reboot. I, however, I thought that the, and I don't even necessarily want to call it a reboot because they've established that it's in a different continuity, a different, you know, dimension, whatever you want to have. I right. I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. My kids really liked it. They liked the original one as well. 
So, I mean, like, I, I really enjoyed what they did with that film. I thought all the uh, the actresses in that, I thought they all did a phenomenal job. I mean, the comedy was on point. You know, visuals were good. Um, I mean, I enjoyed it, you know. But yeah, I, I'm I definitely it... looking forward to the new one, and it comes out right around my birthday, which is a nice treat for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I'm a big... Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Um, again, I'm kind of with you on the... The 2016 um, Ghostbusters mm-hmm. movie, I enjoyed it. I thought it was well acted. Um, it was it was fun and interesting to me to see mm-hmm. um, Chris Hemsworth playing not the uh, not Thor, <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> and, oh, almost he, the he exact did opposite. he did yeah he did such a phenomenal job in that film. And like most of his lines were ad lib from what I was reading. Like the there, there, there's the scene where he's doing his his job interview with them, and he goes to like you know scratch his eye or something, and they realize he doesn't have lenses in his glasses, and that whole scene that whole scene was ad libbed. He's like, oh well, you know if you don't have lenses, they can't get dirty. Oh yeah, that 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 makes sense. Like yeah, perfect sense. <laughs> and like that whole scene was ad libbed. That wasn't in the script. <laughs> nice. I always enjoy ad. I always enjoy ad living. Oh yeah, and, and things like that. And you know, if we look at the, we look at some of my favorite comedy movies. Mm. You know, a lot of times it's just like, it's the the directors basically giving, the their actors kind of carte blanche to do whatever they want to. Right. You know? Um, it was you know, the legend legendary Robin Williams. It was. Oh yeah. Apparently, both difficult and easy to direct him because, he would improv so much. That if you had Robin Williams, you pretty much were like, "All right, you know, go. <laughs> here's the basis for the scene. Go to town." Um, interesting trivia for you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of his better movies, or one of his, I think he earned an Oscar nom for it. Um, Good Morning Vietnam. Mm-hmm. Every single one of the radio scenes and sketches were all him improving. Really, those were not scripted. So. All of the news stories that he does, the voices, everything that he's doing for those were all on the spot improv by him. That that's actually pretty amazing, honestly. I mean, it just it just kind of shows how talented he really was, you know. I mean, it's a, yeah. it's a shame he you know he left us so soon, but I phenomenally talented man. Right, and he uh, you know th- when he recorded one of his most famous roles for at least you know us was when he recorded for uh, the genie in uh, Disney's Aladdin animated yep. feature, which I believe was 1993. Right around uh, there, around there, and Aladdin um, three, but not Aladdin two. Correct, because Disney screwed him over, and uh, they reneged on their uh, their original um, contract deal and, uh, pissed him off. So he didn't come back for the second one, which was played by Dan Castellaneta, who is Homer Simpson. I was saying, and he, uh, he, he did the, uh, the voice in the, uh, Aladdin, uh, cartoon, uh, TV show, right? Uh, Dan Castellaneta did. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's what, yeah. Yeah. That's what I meant. Okay. I was thinking so. Yeah, that, that was him. Um, but from my, my understanding is, um, according to the director of, of, uh, Aladdin, Robin Williams recorded 14 hours of audio uh, for for uh, that movie. Um, oh, I, I'd believe it. I mean, I, I recently watched uh, the live-action Aladdin, and uh, there was a, a featurette on the uh, the Blu-ray for it, you know, kind of talking about uh, talking about the live-action movie, but they touched on the animated film and how Robin Williams was a big inspiration for how Will Smith wanted to portray, portray the genie. 
and they actually showed quite a few scenes uh, from the original animated one that you know were only done like they only got as far as storyboarding, but they still had Robin Williams record lines for it. And even in that, there was quite a bit of stuff that like you see him in the recording studio that they ended up not using at all. So I I, oh, sure. I believe I believe that I believe the fourteen hours that that sounds about right. Right. So you know some of my favorite though are like old school comedy movies, Caddyshack. Oh, Caddyshack's uh, direct, a classic. Right, directed by uh, the, the the late. Um, oh, his name escapes me now. Uh, <laughs> crap. <laughs> Quit laughing at me. Anyway, uh, Caddyshack, uh, Airplane, most of the National Lampoon stuff. Oh yeah, uh, I think is is, is fantastic. Uh, uh, Animal House. Oh man, Animal um, House. Yeah, Animal House is another classic. Uh, National Lampoon's Vacation series, um, and, and and it was uh, Harold Ramis, by the way, that uh, directed yes, Caddyshack. Harold Ramis, my, uh, my also, father. also of Ghostbusters fame. Yes, which is why <laughs> I feel ashamed for forgetting his name. But, uh, you know, Caddyshack starring uh, had a legendary cast of characters. Oh God, yes. Uh, you know, Bill Murray, Chevy Chase, um, Rodney Dangerfield, one of the, the all time, some of the all time greatest comedians. Mm-hmm. Uh, that are that are out there so uh i'm i'm i i like movies that span multiple different gamuts you know i'm a i'm a big i, I like campy movies i like comedy movies i yep. like horror movies you know action thrillers all, all of them they, I, I could probably find something in every genre that i like oh, and of course, oh same. obviously the stinker the stinkers that are out there <laughs> you a bowl yeah <laughs> Yeah. Which I I feel like we need. There was a topic you and I started talking about him, you know, off the air after recording one day, and we went on. We went down an IMDb rabbit hole, and I feel if we're gonna talk about bad movies, and I think you know where I'm going with this. There's yes. one of his movies that I I think we really need to bring up. So yep. so for those of you that don't know, Uable, one of his films was the Blood Rain series, which was another video game movie, which was terrible. All of them were terrible. Which is kind of one of the reasons that video game movies still continue to have that stigma today. He, in his infinite wisdom, decided that he was going to parody one of his own films. He decided to parody Blood Rain, uh, it's like Blood Rain Third Reich or, or so, something along. It was it was Blood yeah. Rain fights Nazis. Yeah, Blood Rain the Third Reich yep. is, the, is the movie. But he decided to parody his own film with a movie called Blubberella which, as Ian and I discovered from doing you know, a little bit of research, is almost a shot-for-shot remake of that particular Blood Rain film, including almost all of the same actors, same set pieces, same costumes, same location, same shooting angles. But the whole premise is that instead of being, you know, this sexy svelte vampire, the entire movie is a fat joke. Yep. And it's like, like as we're as he and I were looking at this, we're going through the IMDb IMDb page together, you know, online. We're like, okay, hey, check out image seven, check out image twelve, and like we're reading about this, and like part of me is going, this 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 can't be a real thing, this this can't, this no no somebody made this listing up, no this is this is an actual real thing that he did, parodying himself and his own film. I mean, it's. I, 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 I can't even begin to talk about this. 
Right. I mean, he Uibol has is well known amongst the the video game community for making adaptations of of video games and making them very poorly. Yeah. So I mean, we we see, uh, you know, House of the Dead, uh, oh, Blood I Rain. Oh, about that one. Yeah, Blood Rain, Alone in the Dark, In the Name of the King, which is a Dungeon Siege ta- tale. So you know, yeah. the Dungeon Siege games. He made Postal. Um, which was another video game, uh, Far Cry. Uh, let's see. Uh, again, Blood Rain. Um, he's he's Rampage? done a couple. Yeah, but I, I did a, ran- a movie called Rampage, but I don't know what. I, that I, one I was. don't think that's that's the game Rampage. Although we did get a no, movie of no, that, not. which which I I haven't seen the video game Rampage movie. Right, neither have I actually. Uh, I, I've heard it's one of those. It's it's just a dumb action film. Yes, but interestingly enough, mm-hmm. uh, I had heard that it was the highest rated video game ad- adapted movie uh, at the time until Sonic the Hedgehog came out. You know, I, I think you had mentioned that to me a while back, actually. Yes. So, which I mean, let's admit that's not really setting the bar very high when yeah. you able. Uh, uh, destroys everything that he touches, yeah. um, and you have then you have you know the Mar the Super Mario Brothers movie, uh, basically dragging down the entire fran- uh, the entire genre of video game movies. Which speaking of Mario, I just looked this up uh, real quick. The movie grossed uh, thirty eight point nine million worldwide, against a budget of uh, between forty two to forty eight million. Right. So I mean, they like, come... they had a lot of really good actors in that too. Is the thing. I mean, you know, Bob Hoskins, John Guizamo, Dennis Hopper. I mean, they had, you know, they had, you know, for their three main characters, uh, they had, you know, those are some big names. Those are some easily recognizable names. You know. Yeah. the The problem that I understand is that the directors of the movie, or there, there was a screen, or there was a screenplay for the movie that was relatively faithful to you know Super Mario Brothers canon mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Uh, the directors, um, when they were brought on, uh, which were Annabelle Jenkel and Rocky Morton, I believe they were a couple. Okay. Um, basically, came on and pretty much rewrote the entire script because they wanted to make like this sci-fi interdimensional romp. And couldn't get hired to do that, so they <laughs> they made their murdered, own. Right, they murdered a beloved franchise in order to make the movie that they wanted, which was absolutely awful. Ugh. And uh, apparently, Dennis Hopper uh, in an, Dennis Hopper's uh, it was famously quoted. Son apparently asked him uh, at one point in uh, later on, you know, why why did you agree to do the the Super Mario Brothers movie? And mm-hmm. Dennis Hopper responded with, "Well, son, you needed shoot new shoes." <laughs> so I mean, that's that's a good reason. <laughs> so I mean, for some of these people, it was a paycheck, right? I mean, like Bob Hoskins. I mean, he did. He did so many memorable things. I mean, you know, Eddie Valiant in uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, Mr. Schmee yep. in Hook. I mean, so many things yep. that, like, you see him and you're like, oh, man, it's that guy. It's that actor. And, like, he's easily recognizable. And then he does Mario. <laughs> right. I mean, I, th- I think I think Hook was after Mario. So, I mean, it's... Um, I believe it was. Which, I mean, so it's good that Mario didn't ruin his career. And, I mean, and Jock, you know, unfortunately, you know, Bob Hoskins is no longer with us. But John Leguizamo, he's still around and kicking. I mean, he's still he's still working pretty steadily. It seems like you know. 
Yeah, I mean, he... Uh, He's on he one of those crime of... shows, isn't he? Like N- uh... NCIS, CSI, one of those shows. Or something similar to it. At least he was. Yeah, I don't remember. I haven't I... watched one of those crime shows in quite a while. Yeah, uh, I know that... They, I, I know never that, got into um, them. I know that... Uh... Wilmer, Wilmer Valderrama, uh, who famously played Fez on that 70s show, was or is in uh, NCIS now. Yeah. Which um, is a, a big like difference in character, you know? Right. Uh, so, I mean, uh, John Leguizamo is a great actor. I always enjoyed him. Uh, he was in, um, you know, he, the John Wick movies, he's... Mm-hmm play the voice of Sid in the Ice Age movies. I mean, he, he was um, the violator in Spawn. Yes. Which, which I thought was a, <laughs> that was a, that was a great part for him, honestly. Yes, uh, I would agree. That was a good part for him. Uh, you know, play, he's uh, kind of saddled himself a little bit with um, oh, John Favreau. He, he was uh, in The Mandalorian. Yes, he That's, was in The Mandalorian. Yeah. Yep. Kind of a, a, a hidden cameo. Um, you don't realize it's him. Um. You know, he was in the movie Chef, which is one of my all-time favorite movies. If you haven't seen it, it's kind of an indie. It was Jean Favreau indie film. Um, either don't eat it while, or don't watch it while you're hungry, or eat first and then watch it. <laughs> um, because every time I watch that movie, I have a a, a, a hankering for um, you know Mexican and Cuban food. <laughs> I mean, yeah, just kind of looking at this IMDb page here. I mean, he's doing several several projects every year, it looks like, consistently for a while here. I mean, obviously, he was right. the voice of Sid in the uh, the Ice Age movies. Um, let's see, what else? Uh, he's done, like, cameos on TV shows, voice acting for, like, let's see. Uh, he was in an episode of American Dad. Uh, I mean, yeah, he, so, I mean, he's he's working pretty steadily, it looks like, here. I don't really see any major gaps in his work, uh, work history. He... Okay, so, uh... He did quite uh, several episodes of Dora the Explorer. Um, that's I learned a thing today. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, let's see. So, I mean, wow. uh, and, and then if we look at, um, if we go back and take a look at uh, Bob Hoskins, he, uh, you were actually wrong. So Super Mario Brothers came out in 1993. Hook came out in 1991. So, okay. Um, his career looked like did kind of take a little bit of a, a, a sideways turn at that point, but he kind of bounced back pretty well. Uh, doing a lot of different movies, he was the voice of the uh, the Russian goose uh, Boris in the Balto movie. Oh yeah, I forget. Balto. See that was that a DreamWorks production? I don't know because that was 1995. Um, let's find out, uh, shall we? I'm, I mean, I'm not 100% certain, but that was one of those non-Disney animated films, like. The the nineties in particular had a lot of really great animated films that weren't Disney. Yeah, and Disney kind of hit at some point. I believe it was probably after Hercules, maybe Lilo and Stitch, where Disney really kind of hit a dry spell. Yeah, um, and had issues with you know being able to to produce decent movies because you had. Well, arguably decent movie. So right. there was a period in there where, if you remember uh, Disney's Atlantis, that's one of my favorites. I love that movie. And see, that that's one of those that I think so many people forget about. Right. Well, Treasure Planet. Another I, one. Another that, one, yeah. Another one that I felt was a great movie but was criminally underrated. And I don't really know why. Um, but, uh, huh, I kind of forgot that 
Ke Kevin Bacon did the voice of Balto. But I, I think we're we're forgetting um, Bob Hoskins' easily most iconic role in what is arguably one of the greatest movies of all time. He played uh, Odin in Son of the Mask. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, if we're going to go back to bad movies, have you seen Son of the Mask? I have seen all of five minutes and 47 seconds of it. Then, and, yeah. And oh, I already wanted to kill myself. So <laughs> That film, um, I sat down and watched it one day because I'm like, it can't be as bad as everybody's saying. It, no, the internet was wrong. It was worse than what they were saying. Oh, everything about, like, Jim Carrey made the first mask so iconic, which... It, it, the mask for those of you that don't know is a comic book movie but yes. if like i've i've read almost all the entirety of the original mask comics they went an it, entirely yeah they went an entirely different approach for the movie they they made it into a fam a kid a kid friendly film mostly um cameron diaz though Whew. um yes but uh yeah the mask comics they were they were dark. I mean, he was a, a murderous psychopath. Yes. So, I mean, they, they really changed the tone of, the, of that. But Son of the Mask... <sighs> yeah, that was... That was a thing that, that existed. Um... <laughs> yeah. yeah you're, was... you're, you're lucky for having not watched that. Not watched it in it, its entirety, anyway. Yeah, it was it was it was not good, <laughs> but I mean, yeah. So there, there's plenty of movies out there that are enjoyable that you know we all kind of like and we we've fallen in love with. Um, and then there's obviously the I, I think honestly there's probably more bad movies than there are good movies out there because right. you don't really remember. You only remember the really bad ones. Right. Um, well, here let, let me ask you: Are there any movies that like critically people say is a phenomenal film that you just did not care for? Oh, oof. yeah, I'm sure there are. Uh, oh, um, one one of them that I can easily remember right off the top right now, uh, Slumdog Millionaire. Okay, see, I've never seen that one. Uh, it was, uh, you know, it was an Oscar-winning movie. Uh, I think they won, took took home two or three Oscars. Um, critically acclaimed, amazing film. I hated it. Yeah. I, I hated it. Like I was just like, oh, this this is awful. Like, <laughs> I can't get into it. I couldn't identify with any any of it. You know, it's a kind of a rags to riches type story. Right. You know, but it's it just, it was not good. I just didn't enjoy it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it I, I'd have to, I'd have to uh, uh, really kind of look for other movies out there that, yeah. You know that that people are uh, list as some of their favorites, but um, yeah, I'd, I'd have to think about some some others uh, that are that are out there. What about yourself? Oh man, I, that's one I actually to think about. I mean, probably the I can't think that there's off the top of my head. I don't think there's any movies that I just absolutely hate, but. One that I didn't think was as good as the hype, Batman Begins. I actually fell asleep in the theater during that movie for probably a good three quarters of it, just because I thought it was just so slow. 
Like, I mean, going back and you know, watching it later, I'm like, yeah, you know, it's 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 an all right movie, but I, I think it's one of those that's just way overhyped. That's that's fair. That's fair. You know, there, there there's definitely a lot of movies out there that I haven't seen that are oh, yeah. you know critically that are you know they're critically acclaimed. You know, Argo, uh, La La Land, which um, kind of. One one Oscars, I, I believe that was uh, that was the year where they flubbed up the uh, the uh, presentation and La La oh. or uh, some La La Land won an Oscar when it was wasn't supposed to or something like that. <laughs> right. I, I think that was that year, <laughs> um, or something else won the Oscar and La La Land was supposed to get. I don't I don't quite remember. But, right. Um, uh, you know, there there's other movies that are that are out there that I've have not. I've not seen that I really enjoyed. I, I actually kind of enjoy, you know, some foreign films as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a big fan of Akira Kurosawa. Right. Uh, Seven Samurai, Yojimbo, The Hidden Fortress. Um, he's got a bunch of stuff that, that's out there that's just really good, really enjoyable. Um, you know, some of the more niche, uh, you know, foreign horror movies, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Scandinavian horror, actually, horror movies are actually pretty good. Like, um, okay. let me... Okay. Uh, Let Me In uh, is, is another one that was adapted to an American uh, an American adaptation as well. Um, if you look at the girl with the dragon tattoo, oh yeah, uh, that's a that's a, a Scandinavian uh, based movie that they then made uh, here in the states. Um, Wait, that's a Scandinavian movie, really? Yeah, I mean, granted, uh, I've, I've never seen it, so yeah, it's uh, Norwegian, I believe. It is huh. uh, it was was originally um, where it's from, so. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, probably the, the closest I've come to, like, a, a foreign film that got an American adaptation uh, was uh, The Grudge. Mm, Which, okay. if, if you yeah. watch the American version, I mean, it well, might you watch The Ring, too, right? Uh, did I watch The Ring? Yeah, I did. Like, like yeah. once. I thought it was okay. Um, but, like, The Grudge, I mean, the American version of it, you know, had uh, was it Sarah Michelle Gellar in it. And like, apart from her, like the movie takes place, you know, in Japan with Jap, you know, with Japanese actors. They might as well have just given us the original version, and just you know, dubbed it or subbed it, and just called it a day. <laughs> right. Well, interesting known trivia fact for you. I okay. believe, if I remember correctly, that uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar actually does speak Japanese. Really. Um. And uh, uh, you know, didn't have to learn. Um. Didn't have to learn her lines for that movie. That's pretty cool, actually. I was not aware yeah. of that. Fun trivia. Yeah. See, see, folks, we we can educate you as well. Yeah, I mean, Tim and I are full of useless hotel knowledge. It's 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 true. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, but I mean, one uh, another one, kind of one of those movies that I, if it's on TV, I will always watch it. And it's uh-huh. funny that we mentioned this after the beginning when we were talking about Monster Hunter is Arachnophobia. Um, <laughs> Jeff Daniels uh, out in the country countryside uh, attacked by. You know these uh, killer Brazilian spiders or whatever. Uh, I, John I, had, Goodman. I had forgotten about that movie. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. Like again, if it's on TV, I will watch it. I mean, like, like, like you know, campy kind of like horror sci-fi films in general. Like, yeah, same thing. I'll, I'll give them a watch. Um, I was gonna say something about Sharknado, and I forgot where I was going with that. <laughs> Which is the name of our raft? On raft. Yes. <laughs> um. I have I have not seen the Sharknado films. See, uh, I, honestly, ne- neither have I. I mean, uh, about, I, I'm, uh, I'm aware of them. Uh, well, then there's also uh, the Piranha movies, the Piranha remakes that they did with um, 
Uh, I can't remember all of the actors, but I know Ving Rhames was in one. Yeah. Uh, or actually, I think he's in both of them. Um, you know, the they had uh, Richard Dreyfus in the in the the first one for all of like five minutes <laughs> before he's eaten by piranhas. What's what's the uh, the movie where uh, they're like in a base underwater? There's a like a mutated shark or something. Deep Blue Sea. Is that the with Sam Jackson? Yes. And like he, like I always remember that scene. Like he's giving that inspirational speech about how they can, they, we can survive. We can beat this thing. <sighs> yep. Well, crap. I'm tired of these mother sharks <laughs> in this mother. <laughs> All right I, then. I mean, so, okay, snakes on a plane, obviously. Yes. Like that movie. That like that was that was so dumb, but I enjoyed every minute of it. Oh, I did too. I saw it in college. They actually uh, are. My university had a, a free movie channel. Oh yeah. Uh, when you, for when you lived in the dorms, and they would just rotate like free movies, uh, <laughs> constantly. And oh, that's so pretty cool. That was that was one of the movies that they had, and it was every time it was on, I would I would basically turn it on and then hide the TV remote in order to annoy my roommate <laughs> because he enjoyed it the first time. He didn't enjoy it the hundredth time. Yes, did not enjoy it the hundredth time. Um, <laughs> And it, also because my roommate was kind of an asshole, so... Oh, gotcha. Uh, you know, it, it was my petty revenge. <laughs> you know what? You're, you're you're doing good work, Ian. Right. I'm, I'm doing somebody's work. Probably <laughs> Satan's. Probably. I, I, am a soul, I am a soulless ginger. So. It, it's it's true. It's true. You are. Yes. I can confirm. Uh, yeah. Um, it was uh it, it's funny because i was just thinking uh thinking again to you know one of my more favorite movies which i think was i, I don't know if it's niche but I, I don't know that it was really well received but i still really love the movie is v for vendetta i've watched that one maybe you know a handful of times and i can you know i, th- I thought it was a, a good movie but it's not one that i would go out of my way to watch I still enjoy it. I still like watching it when I can. Right. Um, you know, I have it on. I have it on DVD, and, mm-hmm. and it's 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 one of those movies that I watch it if it's on TV and whatnot. But uh, you know, I <laughs> remember remember the fifth of November, which is was my anniversary. Uh, <laughs> so you will never forget. No, and that was actually kind of the joke. Like, um, my ex-wife and I got married on that day because we we did a courthouse wedding, and I said, well, let's just do it on the fifth of November. Uh, you know, because that way we'll never forget it. Remember the fifth November, begrudgingly. I, I, it wasn't even really begrudgingly. It was we we did it, and then I, I'm guessing she didn't get the reference, did she? No, she she did. She she saw the movie. Oh, She'd okay, movie okay. Well, that's good at least. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, okay. there we go. So any other movies that you know kind of pique your interest, or you know oh. you want to mention? One that like you will be unsurprised that, that I'm a fan of that I, I need to find a I need to find a at least a DVD copy of it, the Guyver live action movie mm. that had Mark Hamill in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah i I remember I remember that one. I remember watching it at your house. Yep. I think I saw that there maybe Netflix is making another one. Well, we've seen Netflix's track records with uh, live-action anime adaptations, so I can't. It can't be worse than the the old movie. <laughs> well, I don't know that. I don't know that they uh, they're doing live-action. I think they might be doing a CG. Oh, really? Uh, a CG huh. movie. 
Um, and, they, and you really they enjoyed... A, yeah, they have a good track record with those. Right. I mean, you really enjoyed Shin Godzilla, right? I, oh, uh, I, oh, absolutely. I, I, I know. Shin Godzilla is different from the uh, the the CG Godzilla series that they had on there. Um, but yeah. all, Shin Godzilla was also a really enjoyable movie. Oh, God. Like, like, I picked that up recently, oh, maybe about two months ago. There's a, a used bookstore near me that I'll still go to every so often. Um, they, they, they have a, they have a small, like, you know, movie section, you know, and whatnot. And I'm like, Shin Godzilla. And it was like, it was under 10 bucks. I'm like, you know what? I've never seen this. I looked at the box. I'm like, oh, okay, this looks interesting. Directed by the guy that did Evangelion. Oh, no, I have to pick this up. <laughs> and you oh, know, God. you know, well, you know what? I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And like, fun fact, uh, he actually used... Yeah, you know, samples from the the Ava soundtrack in Shin Godzilla. the The music that typically plays, like when an angel shows up, the dun 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 dun. Yeah, that plays in the background in several parts of Shin Godzilla, and I'm like, I'm sitting there watching it, going, I know this music from somewhere. Where do I know this from? And like halfway through the movie, my wife just goes, "Is that the music from Ava playing in the background?" And like I had just been quietly thinking this in my head, "Where do I know this from?" And she says that, and I'm like, you're damn right it is! Nice. And I'm like, yeah, this is directed by the guy that did Ava. <laughs> nice. But no, yeah, it's in Shin Godzilla, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I've actually watched it a couple times since I picked it up. That's very cool. Yeah. All right, well, I think we're right about a time for today, folks. Oh, all right. Uh, you know, we've we've covered quite a lot of information, uh, quite a lot of movies, really enjoyed kind of picking each other's brains about some of our favorites. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, I think uh, we'll go ahead and leave it for now. And, uh, yeah, we, this was really fun. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, like, you and I could go on about movies for hours if we really wanted to. Very true. Uh, and maybe... Maybe in the future we will do a we will do a a a, a movie a movie special. Oh, there we go. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. Yes, yes. Well, uh, maybe that one we'll do a panel. Uh, we'll get we'll get together a group of folks and uh, and we can do a movie panel. Oh, that'd we'll be fun. Panel. Oh, hey, there we anyway, go. So, uh, yeah. Thanks again for listening, folks. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. Um, so I think, uh, we'll go ahead and sign off for today. Uh, as always for non sequitur nerds, I'm Ian and I'm Tim. Have a great night folks. I say, and don't forget to check us out on our website, www.nonsequiturnerds.com. And you can also follow us on Twitter at non sequitur nerd singular, because putting the S was too long of a username for Twitter. So make sure you follow us on there folks for all of our updates. Check out our website and we'll catch y'all later. Bye.